All right, welcome to the Song Lines and Tan Lines podcast with Anthony and Mark. We're here today with nothing really specific other than just to chat a little G- JB. It's been a week since uh, since the inevitable happened, almost a week, almost a week. It was last Saturday we learned, but Friday was when it happened. So I'm pulling a few guys in like Mark and Dave and maybe a few others, just talk a little Jimmy and before I move on with... Uh, you know, the regular programming, so to speak. So Mark, uh, I guess you're doing as good as can be, right? <laughs> yeah, I, it's so funny. You're When you introed it, you're doing the exact same thing I do. You you can't say the word death. Yeah, that's you true. You talked all around it on it. You didn't want to say it. it does, uh, yeah. And I haven't wanted to say it either. It says, I, I, same way, I've been saying what happened or the horrible news, and I just can't bring that's, myself. And that's I, I funny. Really I felt good never thought about you. that. You danced all around it. You couldn't say it either. And that's just uh, what a lot of us are feeling. Well, you know, I sent a text this morning about, uh, if anybody's listening, uh, Apple Music and Spotify, all those streamers just dropped his new album with three songs on it. And uh, I listened to it a little bit this morning. The songs are really good. But the funny thing was I was trying to text to a friend of mine, and I couldn't say Jimmy just dropped. I was trying to figure out the right words to say. I was trying to say Jimmy just dropped an album. I was like, no, but Jimmy didn't just drop an album. It's one of his, yeah. one of his, his. You know, I was, I was sitting there for like five minutes to figure out what to say, how to say this, and I was like, it's, 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 it's weird how we don't know people, but that they're still affecting us so much. It's crazy. I, I can't put my my finger on it. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. I wanted to write in one of those tribute pages that people are coming up for him on social media that um, I, I never met him. Uh, it was always a dream to meet him. Didn't Me think I ever would. I, I mean, I have, there's some great stories of chance encounters that people had. Um, him not being around anymore, in a lot of ways, isn't going to affect how affect me at all. I mean, I'm still a huge fan. It, hell, it took usually um, for a song to be out for a few years before I really liked it anyway, before it grew on me. Right. Um, I'd seen him maybe 15 times in concert, which is really nothing compared to what a lot of the people can say. And uh, we were hoping to see him again, and uh, that which is harder and harder. Like that, what happened in Key West? We're not too far from Key West. I know. When he did that uh, show where the scalpers got hold of the tickets, and they were going for. They started at a thousand bucks, and you know, right? Not going to be able to do that. But do you know what he did for the locals? I did. Yeah. In that theater. You had to show up and buy the ticket, and you had to have proof that you lived in that county. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so nobody could scalp them on that. That was really but, good. Uh, I listened to, not to cut you off, but I listened to a little bit of that concert from Key West uh, on Radio oh, Margaritaville. And I was telling the guys when I was doing my tribute a few days ago that it, it sounded like his last will and testament to the fans. You know, he was, Welcome that show back. itself, yeah. where he was telling about all the stories, where the songs came from. Like he just wanted it all on record. To, uh, to let us know that this is what you can keep passing on throughout the year. So I, I really hope those concerts eventually become available somewhere so we can own them. Oh, I'm, and have I'm sure them. it will. Uh, yeah. they, they archive them on the uh, XM channel, so they're, they're oh, always okay. there. I don't have Radio Margaritaville. I don't have the XM. So, uh, oh, that's uh, the lifeline. But I know. the whole thing I'm thinking is like him being gone isn't going to change how I feel about him and how it affects me. But... Um, and, but I'm still crushed, and I can only imagine 
how the people that were close to him, I know how they're feeling right now. If I'm feeling this bad over somebody I'd never met just because um, I followed him and loved what he was trying to say and the, the whole lifestyle, I've completely adapted in this point in my life. And uh, I, it's just a, it's got to be so overwhelming for those people that are in his inner circle, what they must be feeling. If yeah. I'm feeling bad and I'm way outside. I, yeah, when I, when I was talking to Dave yesterday, we were talking about how uh, how loyal Jimmy was, it seemed like. When you, when you got him and his crew, when you got a part of his crew, if you did what he asked and you showed up and you were professional, he was as loyal as anybody. He kept people yeah. there for 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, Utley's been there since the early 70s. I mean, if if you got on board and you did what you were supposed to do, he was your best friend. It's what it seemed like to me, you know, and he gave that vibe to the fans too, I think. that and, and uh, why you know, would they want to go anywhere else? Right, exactly, exactly. A lot of these I, guys are talented, but they're just another session musician if they weren't with Buffett. And, but right. They find that click and, yeah, they... It's everything I've been reading online this week is just, I know a lot of it's more praise cause he's passed. People don't want to do negative stuff. And, but I've never really heard much negative on him before. Even before he died, I haven't heard a lot of negative press, no. negative stuff, you know, I really haven't. And that's rare to not, you know, so I don't know. It's, it's tough, man. It's just, uh, like I said, I was still tearing up this morning, listening to bubbles up on the way home, looking at a blue sky, sunshine and ouch. you could almost just, feel his presence in the car with you you know it, it, it's it's i don't know <laughs> well uh, i may be doing this show actually a little early uh definitely want to come back because um a week from monday four of us are taking uh what's called the key west express it's a boat out of fort myers and they're also going out of um marco island but we're going to key west for a few days and that's i wish i could do it we've had it planned for a long time and this is one where we don't have to have a car down there. So it's really looking forward to it, but I can, uh, it's, uh, again, bittersweet. The timing couldn't be more perfect to go down and see what it's going to feel like. Because right. our, our plans, we've already mapped it out. I want to go uh, to the, was it the chart room where he had his first drink? Um, Captain Tony's, we always go have a drink there. And then um, Louie's backyard, that's where he got his, uh, he needed that, Bloody Mary from her, uh, trying to reason with hurricane season. I went to Louis. Have you? Okay. Yeah. The, the last time I was there. I remember the food was pretty good, but it was the conch fritters that were freaking amazing. Yeah. Now, I, I got the wrong meal. I got something that was like a savory pancake or something. And, and it just didn't, it didn't vibe with me. Cause I'm like, pancakes are not supposed to be savory. They're supposed to be sweet. <laughs> So it wasn't on, that was the reason why I had the issue. It was more, it wasn't the food. It was my, my, my own personal issue, but the conch fritters, probably the best I had on the Island. Um, well, the best, going I mean, for the bloody Mary, the food will be secondary. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's a good line for a song going for the bloody Mary and the food will be secondary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I remember that. I fucking only write music. Yeah. I, I've always wanted to write a song, but never got around to it. So I wrote that one. I don't know if I ever had you see it. The one, uh, the, uh, Wanted to promote my Southern Not Stupid brand. I did. I did saw it. I did see that. I did saw yeah, it. I did was see what, it. It was kind of funny because I had no musical background. And I'm not a country music fan, but I what wrote what was an, basically a country music song. And I, I did it. Uh, it took me two hours to write straight through. There was yeah. hardly any editing. And then I got some professionals to get involved and we you know, took off from there. 
That's always but, uh, good. Yeah, I've always wanted to do another one or maybe one for sandbar comedy, and that might be the line to, to inspire it. <laughs> yeah, I saw your uh, recent video with the Turning Around song on there. That's uh, did a really good job with that. I like the look of that video. So, Oh, thank you. It's, uh, it was weird. I've been working on it for over a month. I had to have a guy come down and teach me how to use CapCut. That's the, the program to do, make videos. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, well, we already know how hard it is to find that song. Yeah, and, he needs that song somewhere else. <laughs> well, uh, somebody, I have it on, uh, let me see, I can show you, the, uh, there's a bootleg oh. copy. Of oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And I put it on my computer and it's there, but it won't transfer to my phone or anything else for some reason. Yeah. And I'll use it as a bootleg copy, but, uh, Somewhere, thanks to your posting, a guy offered to send me a, a download of the song. Oh, so nice! I got that, and I was able to use it. To oh, that's cool. Video. I'm glad I helped. <laughs> yeah, you did. It was immensely. It never would have happened without that. And wow. then uh, I finished. I kept doing rough drafts and rough drafts, and I actually had that final version made um, the day, the day that he passed. And uh, was, I didn't want to put it out there then. I said, "Well, why not?" It's a uh, it, it's only in my mind that it's a tribute. Right. It's, it, it's funny how we create stuff around him. And then we're like, when it happens, like the Saturday it happened, we got together and did a tribute. And I debated all the day Sunday after I posted that tribute. I was like, should I have done that? Am I capitalizing on this? Am I, you know, and it, it just bothered me for like a solid day of like, but then I saw people writing to me and saying how they enjoying it. And I'm not tooting my own horn or nothing, but I'm just saying, well, it spoke to people and I was like, well, I'm glad I did it, but it felt really kind of wrong at the same time. <laughs> well, know. if anybody listening wants to see the video we're talking about, um, I've got it on my YouTube channel now that I just created. Right. But if you look up sandbar comedy promo okay. on YouTube, if you do sandbar comedy, it's going to go to lots of different places, but sandbar bar comedy promo. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, trying to it's promoting what we're doing with the comedy but it's in my mind it was uh just that all about that song that maybe because i couldn't get it and i love the well, song we went through all that before and just yeah it, they need a uh i don't know another box set or something with all this rare stuff that's floating there's yeah like you know soundtrack songs from urban cowboy and arachnophobia and there's a lot of little songs out there floating around uh turning around yeah. Um, the one from fast times is, is out there too. And you know, there's more cutting room floor stuff that I don't think he was prolific. I think Jimmy pretty much went to the studio with 15 songs and probably cut most of them. He's not like a Bruce Springsteen who like cuts four albums worth of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I still think there were some, a few songs floating around that, uh, he probably didn't get around to. So well, listening to turning around closer, um, it actually followed the story of the movie. If uh, oh, you listen to the words and know that with John mm-hmm. Candy's character, he wrote about John Candy's character. Exactly. All the way through it. And so it's probably something that he just did. Maybe he just did for the paycheck or because it was maybe it was, it was fun for him or something like that and had no idea that uh, what a big hit I, in my mind that I thought he actually had. Yeah, it, it could be he knew John Candy. I mean, the guy knew so many people that maybe yeah. he knew John Candy, maybe Maybe one of the producers behind the scenes who was directing it, maybe he knew that person. You know, somebody involved got him involved. So that's how life usually happens. Yeah. So he was 
well known in the industry, man. It, it's been a been a, looking into who he influenced and got started. I mean, all the way down to Clint Black. I saw he got yeah. Clint Black started. I mean, that's why, according to Clint, he he found him and nurtured him and helped him out. And um, I think Todd Dave was telling me yesterday that Todd Snyder one point in time, Jimmy was helping him out and then Todd didn't play one of his famous songs on tour and Jimmy got mad and he's like, dude, your fans want to see that song. You make sure you play that at every single show. He's like, don't you ever go a show without playing that song because that is your big song. You know, and it translates back to... I know artists get sick of songs. Right. And, uh, oh, I think it was uh, back in the 90s, some artists that had gotten older, like Rod Stewart and Paul McCartney, they went on tour and played just all their old hits. They weren't trying right. to sell a new album. Um, the, the songs that they were sick of, because these people, I don't think they really understood that when you're in high school and you bought that album because of that song you loved, you went without something that week. You couldn't buy a pizza <laughs> that week. Or you couldn't go on a date because right. you spent mm-hmm. money on the album. While these guys were floating in their millions and... Uh, yeah, and these guys uh, just—they just want to hear that song. And I know they got so sick of it and stuck up about it. But then you know they came back down to earth for a lot of them. And then apparently, what what Jimmy told Clint, same thing. It says that's what these people want to hear. Yeah. Like what I heard over there, um, they called the Big Eight. I think the eight songs. Mm-hmm. The Big Jimmy Eight songs. He had yep. to play them. He had to play them every song, every concert, and he. But what nice thing about Jimmy was he would play the eight for the fans who came for the big eight, but then he played the deep, deep cuts for yeah. the fans who came for everything else. So that was a nice little blend. I, some artists, I'm a big Death Leopard fan, and they're doing more of a greatest hits show this day and age, and I think they're doing themselves a disservice. They're too good a band to just do greatest hits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. It, it, I just think bands, some bands need to just – Play some other songs as well as your big songs. Don't just play the big songs all the time, but it's me personally. <laughs> That's how I am. But like I said, we don't really have a structure today, so I, I thought maybe we could just talk maybe maybe a couple albums we could tell people to that you would think of right now that you would want to tell people maybe to listen to this weekend to give Jimmy a little remembrance. It's been a week. Maybe this weekend we can toast another margarita and turn on a couple albums and I was trying to think of an album or two that would be good for this weekend. I didn't know if you had like one album on your mind and maybe well, you'd want to. The one that made me a fan was, well, I mentioned earlier, I don't even Buffett. Uh, most of the time I don't like a song until it's been out four or five years. Huh, it's, interesting. I just don't like new songs by artists. It's got, it takes time to grow on me. Um, right. There are exceptions like uh, the Bama breeze that hit me right away because the story behind it, yeah, it's a great story. Uh, did you ever see that video? It was just yeah, showing out all the little beach bars up and down that Katrina mm-hmm. wiped out. And it was also loosely about Floribama, which I've been to several times. But um, uh, I think it has to go for me. Uh, you had to be there because that was the album that uh, that got me hooked back yeah. in, I was in high school. And, yeah. you know, in high school in the 70s, uh, being a Buffett fan really wasn't cool. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. the band it was supposed to like Kiss and things like that. But, yeah, that uh, was which I did, but it, arena uh, rock era during that time, where big yeah. arena bands were popular. Hair bands, well, hair bands hey, were eighties, but hair uh, bands were eighties. But the big bands like Kansas and Boston, yeah. those were the bands everybody was following. Sticks, those are the bands Boston, and, and I, I, I did like all those. And Eagles, I did too. of course. But um, 
Buffett was nobody really even knew who I was talking about half the time. And but even as a kid, I, we I, we went to Daytona after we graduated in '79, and we had three albums we listened to. Uh, you had to be there, Beach Boys' "Endless Summer" and uh, uh, coming uh, with the um, oh god. <laughs> I'll think of it when I start. I'm getting too old. Um, I know. Brain's getting uh, that way too. <laughs> yeah. Oh shoot! On the God, I feel so stupid. The cover has a uh, Libby that uh, hold. It looks like Statue of Liberty, but it's a, a waitress. It's an oh, English okay. Thing. I can't remember that one. I don't remember that. Oh one. yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Uh, I'll get it. I'll in th- a second. I have to think about that one. I have it on my phone. I, I'm going to be so embarrassed when I. <laughs> Oh, and yeah. I was listening to uh, You Had to Be There yesterday, and uh, uh, I wish he had more concerts out from the 70s, because I yeah. love his, uh, I mean, his his new concerts are great too, but I love hearing that old, just rowdy Jimmy back in the day with the rowdy stories, and talking about going down the road, you know, I guess talking yesterday on the pod to, uh, to Dave, like he's going down the road talking about vial of cocaine in the car, and yeah. smushed out joints, and Budweiser in the back. It's like, what's Lost, that? Lost Sacred Assault. Salt. Yeah. That was yeah. when they had the coke. And that was, yeah. you know, that's on a, a song played on the radio that people had no idea what they were talking about, what they were playing. Was Lost Sacred Assault supposed to be coke? Huh? Did you say yeah. Lost Shaker Assault was supposed to be cocaine? It was for that Lost Shaker Assault because that's where people would hide their coke in a Shaker Assault <laughs> because it looked like salt. It was. Really? That's the story I'd heard. And I'd actually heard uh, a lot of bands. People they tour. That's where they would hide their coke, and huh. uh, I just kind of put the two together. And uh, you think about whether he didn't hide uh, cocaine out of the songs. So I never much. thought about that. But think about that. Looking for that lost shaker of salt. See, I always thought it dealt with the margarita and needing the salt for the margarita. But well, could it be a double meaning? He, I guess he was the it? ultimate punster. That's true. You know? And it so could I, really, be I a really double meaning. Was, I had heard things and read things, and I really bought into it and by the way it was super tramp breakfast in america i couldn't think of okay see, see i never listened to super tramp much i was uh, i don't know if you, well, can, you might have a couple years on me but I, some of those bands kind of escaped me throughout well, the years those were so. three albums but you had to be there was the one that i uh, was mostly playing in my van and my with my cassette player <laughs> yeah the you know the one i well i keep thinking of three of them um and they're all kind of together and it's jimmy's folk music um, the Down to Earth, High Cumberland Jubilee, and his, uh, oh, the one he just released a few years ago. I can't think of the top of my head. Those are the three I like people. I kind of lump those together, the folk years. And I think the people should just turn on some of that music this weekend and just listen to this other side of Jimmy that, uh, that people don't really know. I think people would be really surprised to hear how deep and introspective he got on some of those songs. And uh, I've always praising those songs you know they're so so good um but i can't think of the name of the one had uh buried treasure that was the name of it mm-hmm. so yeah i yeah, would say turn on any one of those three down to earth high cumberland jubilee or buried treasure turn on any one of those three this weekend and just listen to the a different side of jimmy you know toast your beer toast your margarita but listen to a different side of it in this weekend well <laughs> he was in position with all his success to be able to do something like that, to spend the mm-hmm. money, to release something that he knew wasn't going to be uh, a huge moneymaker probably, but it's something he wanted to do. Yeah, he said that uh, somewhere along the way, if he can make enough to 
buy a boat and play in a bar, he said he'd be happy for the rest of his life. Well, it was, what was it? Come Monday, he, uh, he was able to buy his boat. Was that the song? I think because it's the first one that I, ever. Yeah, I think it was Come Monday where he actually cut the check, went out and bought a boat. Yeah. And then, you know, so, yeah. So that's what he, the first thing he did was bought, bought a boat. So I can't blame him, man. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I were lucky enough to, to score anything in this world, I'd probably. Well, we've got our pontoon docked about 50 feet from where I'm sitting right now. It's a lot of people don't consider that really a boater, but I'm not, I'm not a sailor. I'm not going to kill myself in the Gulf, but I mean, Harbor. most people are just pontoon people. If you think about it, man. <laughs> most of us are just, you know, sitting on the water kind of people. We're not really the kind to of get out there in the rough seas and well, raise the sails and stuff. We most people aren't like that. They're we not were, built like that. When we were talking about getting a boat, I wanted one of those, not a yacht, of course, but a little, little cabin boat, little, you know, it had a little downstairs to it, something if you wanted to sleep on, you could. And uh, my wife says, oh, I want a pontoon. And all I kept thinking, pontoon? Isn't that the minivan soccer mom version of the boat world? <laughs> And uh, we rented one one day in uh, (laughs) Panama City, half a day rental, and I fell in love with it. And yeah, yeah, this is what we want. This is we're not like so we. It's about seventeen miles by water to get out into the Gulf from where we are, and it's never going to happen because that's you know I'm not famous enough for people to do a tribute to me when I die and disappear. (laughs) (laughs) Me either. Um, This little podcast is not going to do anything like that for me either. Trust me. (laughs) <laughs> I might be able to make a few people happy, but that's about all I'm probably going to do with this one. But uh, that's okay. That's why I do yeah, it. But uh, is, you know, get fun. to meet people like you and everything. That's why I do it. So, well, uh, if you've seen, um, I keep like you didn't want to felt bad about doing that podcast on Saturday, and I felt bad about posting this video, uh, even though all, that was really all in our heads. Um, did you find out? I just read that. Um, Parrothead Club membership has gone up 400% in the last week. Oh, it doesn't surprise me. It does People not surprise me. And It'll fade. It'll, it'll I'm fade, feeling a little guilty about this. Uh, a show we've been trying to put together and uh, sell to the, the Latitude, actually anything, Margarita, any, but uh, these are really, the, the Latitude people are so uh, into it. Um, did I, did I t- tell you about the guy I know, Scott Nickerson, before? I, I think you did, yeah. Yeah. He created the first Parrothead Club. I actually joined it, but it fizzled and uh, came back and I was gone. But um, a show that Al Ernst and I, my uh, my partner on Sandbar Comedy, was going to do a, a comedy show with us. And we bring Scott on to, um, you know, tell stories, do a Q&A. He had a close ties directly with Jimmy. In fact, if you go to his website at scottnickerson.com mm-hmm. on the homepage, is his documentary they had made. Um, oh, wow. It was on Netflix for a while. He had, um, it, the documentary ended with him playing drums with some band in a little hole in the wall in Key West. And uh, Scott told me the story where he was real tight with, I, would, I don't know, Renfro or something like that, Jimmy Buffett's right-hand man. And he kept <laughs> sending him clips of the uh, uh, documentary just to make sure, because it was about the Parrotheads, that Jimmy was okay with it. He didn't want to cross mm-hmm. any lines. And he was showing it to Jimmy, and Jimmy really liked it, but Jimmy said, but that's a terrible ending, him playing in that little bar in Key oh, West. Yeah. And, and he said, get him down here. So it closes with him playing drums. In fact, there's a picture mm-hmm. of a close-up of him, Mac McAnally, and Jimmy, were him on drums. 
And that's, yeah, how that's it pretty is. crazy. So yeah. now suddenly, uh, again, I'm feeling guilty about this, but got to ride the waves when they come. Uh, we're getting called from the bookers. If we had approached <laughs> six months ago with this show at the latitudes and uh, suddenly now they're interested. It's, More, it's, they were interested before, but now they want to move on it. So I don't know if anything can happen. I mean, and I hate, I hate feeling like I'm profiting from this, but I know. it is going to make people happy. I mean, I would think Jimmy would say, dude, if, if you got a chance, take it. <laughs> yeah. It seems like the kind of person he was that, man, if you got a chance, write it, man. He said, I'm not, you know, I can't be here to help you, but if you got a <laughs> chance, take it, man. You know, so I don't, like I said, man, my podcast is just for the week is just blown up. I've been so surprised. I mean, I've never had, I've never had episodes. You blow. You've, you've worked hard on this. Well, it's, you know, I, mean, I just, it's not I the way you want to get the recognition. I know, but you know, I appreciate it. But at the same time, uh, it's blown up. I was like my third highest already for that tribute. And it's been a week and it takes me, I don't know, a couple of years to get into my top three, probably of yeah. most of my episodes. They're not big and, and I don't do it for that. This is more of a vanity project. I don't have any, it's a creative outlet for me. I'm very creative and can't get published. So I'm just trying to find any way to be creative. So, well, that's um, like people start out in comedy and I'm helping them. And I said, if you're getting into comedy for the money, you're, you're crazy. Yeah, stop right now because stop <laughs> uh, do it because you love it and if you're good the money will be there it'll come it'll along at its own pace but, and um, then it's a lot of other variables that how much you'll make of course but uh, well, you do these things because it's fun because like you said it's an it's an outlet it's it, you love I, it and the older i get the more i realize that it's probably not going to be what i wanted it to be and i'm in places that i'm supposed to be and i'm starting to realize that and i'm like good with that now that I'm fine with if it doesn't happen because I think I was put where I am now to stay home with my kids mm -hmm. and that to me is my true legacy is staying home with them and you know guiding them right and making them paired heads that's that's my yeah. whole goal in life is to make them paired heads and if I can well, leave this earth someday and they're all listening to Jimmy Buffett I'll say I did my damn job <laughs> well there's people that look at me uh, I'm certainly not when I first started doing stand-up 30 years ago i had much bigger dreams oh, but yeah. now i'm living the way i want to live where i want to live i'm um doing most of the shows i want to do in the places i want to do them and uh i'm still not getting and doing everything i'm hoping for but you know if you did what would you do tomorrow yeah exactly you got to have that drive and i see other people that are newer that are looking at me that um uh, are shaking their heads going i'd give anything to be where you are right now. Right. So it's just, you know, all relatively. I'm sure there's a lot of podcasters that are trying to start out that would watch you and just go, you know, what do you mean you haven't done anything? Or what do you mean you're not where you want to be? <laughs> how do I get where you are? How do I get to where you are? So I don't even, I don't even think about it. Um, I, I love doing it. So, I mean, I, I guess I, I'm an introvert, but I have a, ten my wife calls me a, uh, extroverted introvert, something like that, you know, like, <laughs> Like I have extroverted tendencies, but I'm very introverted at the same time. Like I don't oh, mind to get out and hang out with people and stuff I, if I can, but the minute I find a hole, I'm climbing in it and you're going to bother me for a long well, you're doing time. This, you're sitting alone in a room talking to me uh, 500 <laughs> miles away and there's a potential of 10 million people seeing this. You know, potential. <laughs> there's always potential. You don't, you don't really know when right. something's going to go viral. And, you don't. Uh, 
but you're doing something that the whole world could possibly see alone in your room with a guest 500 miles from you. <laughs> so it's, that's the very introverted extrovert or extroverted introvert. I guess so, man. Like I said, I, I, I'm mostly okay with, with, uh, with talking sometimes at, at parties and stuff. Most of the time they're always trying to find me. I'm usually gone. I'm usually in a corner. I'm in another room. I, I'm out. I can't be around a bunch of people, but this kind of stuff I'm fine with. I don't mind chit chatting, but, um, let's see. I'm trying to get some more structure on the show today. <laughs> Probably don't need any structure today, but how about one more album for the weekend? What would what would be the next album you would pick? Well, my my favorite is the the uh, bars, beaches, oh yeah, um, yeah. boats and ballads, because uh, that just seems to cover everything. Yeah, that the covers head. your bases right there, man. <laughs> yeah, that uh, turning around still not on it. We'll get back to that, but um, <laughs> some of the ones that um, like uh, African Friend. That one, uh, when I was uh, in the early days of working cruise ships, before we nowadays they have they put a comedy club. They have a comedy club on Carnival. And when you'd work it, you'd get on the ship and spend the whole week on the ship, and that was it. But the old days, when we would bounce from ship to ship, we'd do one or two shows, and then the next day get flown to another ship on at another island. And these were not flying with Delta. These were flying these little puddle uh, jumpers. Oh, worse ones. I mean, there was times when I can remember the pilot getting out with a roll of duct tape and taping up the leading <laughs> edge of the wing before he took off. Oh, good Lord. And yeah. These are not us, uh, run C- airlines certified. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, that's why I, I, I'm at, uh, sitting on a flight and there's a three hour delay because of a mechanical and they're trying to get a part or a mechanic to come in and people are mad. I'm going take all the time you need. <laughs> yeah. This if you're taking not- if you're oh, taking me off the ground, I guarantee yeah. you, you need to make sure you're all together. <laughs> but that was the uh, ultimate Banana Republic experience, flying these little 12-seaters between islands and uh, hoping you were going to get there. And then when you get there, the cab ride from one side of the island to the other was yeah. just uh, frightening. I mean, yeah. The only, the, you know, the, the one time I had a, me and my wife went to honeymoon in Antigua and nice. that was a scary landing because that was a little runway and the plane was wobbling coming in and it finally, I think it was coming in between like in a valley or something between two mountains or something. I mean, and like the road of the cars are like right beside the runway yeah. just driving. I was like, oh my God, are we going to get on the ground or not? Well, the, uh, <laughs> the airport in St. Lucia, I just said it's in the mayor's front yard or something because there was a <laughs> one strip at the end of the strip there was a, a large larger round section of cement where the plane would go and then pivot on one wheel and spin around because there was no taxiways and there was just the one strip and <laughs> it's so funny oh. man it's a that's a true jimmy buffett moment i guarantee he had so many crazy landings in his planes Oh, I would love to have a book about Man. the landings he had in his planes. I bet you they were amazing to hear about some of those water landings he had too. But oh man, I, maybe somebody wrote them all down. We'd get a book out, you know. Well, I saw something um, <laughs> on Facebook. This one guy who was his private pilot for several years for the band. They've asked him to start going back and pulling out pictures, and he's starting to post some really good pictures. This one jet that uh, you see them all standing around and some are boarding and it had uh, on the right below the cockpit it said Jimmy Buffett and the Coral Reefer Band. So it was J- 
Jimmy's jet. And wow. uh, you can just imagine. Well, like we were talking a minute ago about uh, the loyalty and stick with them and, and he treats you right. And you know, they went, they had the time of their life. I tell you, man, it would sound like a time of their life, man, back in the day. And especially even to now, it sounded like they were just having a blast. I mean, listen to that uh, License to Chill podcast, Patrick and Ryan. They they got really into listening to podcasting when they oh, were yeah. doing the Parrot. <clears throat> excuse me. When they were doing the Parrothead podcast. And now they're on to, they got on to Radio Margaritaville and they became part of yeah, Radio Margaritaville. The um, yeah, yeah. Um, but they do License to Chill and they've been interviewing a lot of the coral reefers and stuff and been really interesting they had a nice tribute for jimmy on monday so uh yeah it's yeah, been pretty cool week, the channel has been uh just buried with oh i shouldn't say that but they just um <laughs> sorry it's uh, okay it's okay yeah, it's they, words we they, use in our daily life yeah. it, it's you can't do nothing about it man well when you saying um uh, what i was thinking something different when you were scaring about saying you felt bad about saying jimmy dropped the album Right. And I was thinking you were saying because Jimmy dropped. <laughs> That's what I know. See, I know I put something else in your head. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough. The words are tough. I I've just been, I don't know, man. The the week has been strange for me. I, I I've been some days I've been really aggravated. Some days I've been really happy, and I don't know if it's because of this or or what. And I'm just thinking to myself, my whole week has been just centered around somebody I never knew passing on. That's what, was, that's what I was saying earlier. It's, it's so bizarre. <laughs> I can't put my finger like on said, it. It's not really going to change your life and your being a fan and what you do hmm. because he's gone. Cause it, you know, it wasn't likely I was, we were ever going to get to meet him. Hoped, you know, I always thought it's these chance encounters, these stories people are telling. And like when they open up the Margarita at Lake Lanier, that's just outside of Atlanta. When we were still living up there, people were going home and looking at their pictures and realized he was running around photobombing people. <laughs> they had no idea that he's sitting there behind them smiling and waving because he was just doing that. He showed up and just did a lot. Yeah, Here, here's thought... a love. There's one comic, and I'm going to use this too. This one comic said uh, this is years ago that uh, what his goal was was to become Jimmy Buffett famous. He goes, one night you can fill an auditorium with 30,000 people, screaming fans, and the next day you'll be on an airplane and nobody will know who you are. (laughs) I know. That's not true. Nobody's going to say anything about, you know, they don't don't know who you are. And I'm like, wow. That's, yeah. That that sums him up. I've always said I wanted a Dean Koontz career where he's a prolific, he's a writer, but you would, you could stand beside him. You wouldn't know who he was, but he's been doing it for 30, 40 years. Yeah. He's got like umpteen million books published, but you could stand oh, next yeah, to him in a room really and go back cover in his picture. Exactly. I would love to have that. Career. I wouldn't want a Stephen King career. I'd want a Dean Koontz career. Cause I want the, the anonymity, you know, not be able to be picked out on a plane or, or people recognize you on a plane. Like Jimmy used to well, say. So Stephen King may not be the best choice on that because yeah, I wouldn't want to be within 10 feet of him. <laughs> Years ago, I thought I was going to be, uh, I told a story on the tribute a few days ago that uh, when I first saw Jimmy in concert, I said, someday I'm going to be famous and I'm going to meet you and I'm going to meet Stephen King. And I've not met any, either one of them. And I won't meet Jimmy, unfortunately, but uh, maybe Stephen King. (laughs) He's in his seventies now too, man. And he, he was not kind to himself coming up. He was Coke and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, that's, Another thing with, with Jimmy that um, uh, he had 
he partook. He partook about it. Yes. And, but uh, you think the skin cancer is what got him? And I was like, well, it's... you think about it. That was yeah. uh, the ultimate beach bum. Yeah, I mean, there were so many weird synchronicities on Friday where he died on Liberty weekend. First come Monday was his first big yeah. hit. Skin cancer took him out. He loved the sun. I mean, you could just keep going on and on and on. I mean, he died at the end of summer. Technically, Labor Day is the end of summer yeah, for everybody. That's right. That's right. So many weird just ways things lined up. I was like, maybe you guys don't see it, but I am seeing it big time over here. So, I wouldn't see it until now, but yeah. And just wow. think about all the stuff like that. Yeah, so it's crazy. Um, you know, my album, I, I, the other album I would throw on there is Riddles in the Sand. I keep coming back to that one. Um, I think it's one of his classics that nobody talks about much. Um, You're definitely it, it, deep cuts, yeah. Yeah, it is, man. Or Hot Water. I love Hot Water. Um, hot Water's one my friends are like, yeah, we're not going to review ever review Hot Water because you won't want to hear what we got to say about it. And I'm like, that's <laughs> fine. But my brother and I love that album, man. There's so many good songs on Hot Water. It's it's another one of those just kind of forgotten gems in his career. So that's a couple of recommendations well, I thought out there, too. talking about listening to him when he was playing the bars between um, Gulf Shores and New, or New Orleans, that um, you got this guy that was not playing covers. That's mm -hmm. when you see greatness, when you're filling a room, when you're basically a nobody, and mm -hmm. you're doing all original music. That's amazing to think about, isn't it? You, you never hear that happen. Yeah, we, when I was talking to Dave yesterday, he's going to be playing some gigs, and uh, he's a musician. He's going to be playing some gigs in uh, uh, Key West, and he was always hoping for that chance encounter with Jimmy Buffett when he was in Key West. And he said, uh, yeah. he said, just this time, I'm not going to be looking for Jimmy. He said, every time I was down there, I was always looking for Jimmy, you know? And he's like, it's sad that, uh, well, during the pandemic, when, you know, he spent a lot of time recording. What did he do? Two, two albums? He did two albums. Yeah. Put out and, two uh, albums. I've seen a picture of the place. Uh, oh, was it Parrot something studios or something like that? Sure, it's very sounds. unassuming. That's it. Yeah, Shrimp Boat Sound is the name of it. It's just a building. There's no marking. I walked by that. it. They did it on purpose. Huh? I walked by it. I didn't even know it was it until I walked, I walked gonna, by it. The, there's these little documentaries on, uh, oh, not one called documentaries, but these 15-minute uh, shorts on uh, YouTube about all the places he lived. And the, the Shrimp Boat was there. They pointed that out. And I want to see some of those places, too. But, uh, yeah, when uh, a friend of mine was down there in Key West during the pandemic and word got out and he went by Margaritaville and sure enough, Jimmy showed up and he got to watch him play for a couple hours. That's pretty fun, man. And remember, you've been there, I guess. Margaritaville's a tiny little bar. It's not much room. It, I mean, they, they, the it, streets just overflowed. Around it reminds it. me of the, of, of, I don't know, the other Margaritaville is a little more corrupt, commercialized, but this oh, one feels... Yeah. This one feels legit. It feels like a, a bar. It feels like a place that you would just stumble in off the street and grab a, a frosty one. You know, it's not it's not all made up like the other ones are, man. It's, well, it's kind of cool, you know. It's my early days, I was a DJ. Um, did we ever talk about Studebakers? Did you ever hear that? I don't know. You might have said that on the other one, but refresh There's my memory. An oldies club that started in the early 80s, and uh, it franchised and went. Actually, I know there's one in Japan at one point, and they all had the... Um, uh, the new ones had the corporate floor plan and right. it was bright and shiny 
And uh, I mean, way too bright. Ugly girls never got picked up. <laughs> it, just, it didn't smell like a bar. But right. the original one that we were in was uh, the perfect example is to compare Margaritaville on Duval compared to all the other ones. Right. It was dark and seedy and it mm -hmm. smelled like a, a bar. And uh, it was just comfortable. It right. was a hangout. And uh, where the other ones, they, uh, they're not, I don't really consider them, they're restaurants. Right. And uh, sometimes, I hate to say it, but sometimes the food's not that good. <laughs> Some of them. I don't want to be harsh, but I was going to say that about the Margaritaville. The uh, the conch fritters weren't the best I could have had. Louis' Backyard are definitely much better. Uh, but the margarita was delicious. I will uh, say that much. I did, I, I did enjoy I the margarita. A, I had a jerk chicken at a Margaritaville in Jamaica just before I got on a flight. Yeah. And uh, that was very close to the worst mistake I ever made in my life. It was <laughs> not good. Yeah. So but I still would go to every one. Every time I see yeah. one of them, I got to yeah. go in there. You, you don't really go for the food as much as you go for the ambiance. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're in Myrtle beach all the time. We got a Margaritaville Myrtle beach down here. Yeah. And uh, I've been there. Yeah. We keep, I keep dragging people over there when we go over there. We didn't go there this time, but you know, it's not so much about, uh, it's not so much about the, what's that? Isn't that Broadway at the beach? Broadway the at beach. the beach. Yeah. 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 And, uh, it's about the ambiance. There's like a gigantic volcano on the ceiling. It lights up and does stuff. Mm -hmm. My kids are like just, ah, loving it, you know. And uh, my son could get plain pasta there, which is he was beside himself. He's like, oh, it's great. Butter Parmesan <laughs> pasta, you know. So my I kids enjoyed it. My too. wife was kind of like, get me the hell out of here, please, quickly. <laughs> well, you been to the one at Universal Studios? No, I went to the one in New Orleans, and I well, went to the one in Mar Myrtle Beach, and then Key West. That's, I think, the only three I've been to. Well, so. Universal Studios has the plane that the Jamaicans shot down. Okay, I need to see that one. In fact, that's where um, J.D. Spradlin, he's the main DJ uh, on the right. XM channel, and that's where he used to broadcast from. Uh, at, the big, at the base of a big volcano that was in there, and outside the, the seaplane is mounted. Yeah. And then they moved him to his own separate studio several miles away, uh, actually right next to the Margaritaville Resort. Wow. Uh, it's a cool little building, but it's a lot lonelier for him, but uh, <laughs> it's a lot easier to get to. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely. a place if you ever get down there, it's worth going because it's there. They invite you to walk up and knock on the door and come in. Really? Uh, sliding glass doors. It's like in a little corporate park of uh, shops and restaurants uh, yeah. just down the hill. Um, you can see the Margaritaville Resort, and it's a little kind of a it's a standalone building sitting out in front of the buildings right there on the street. Wow. And it's marked. Uh, like I said, it's uh, glass doors. Uh, you, you know, come in, talk to them, take pictures. Huh. What are very user friendly, public yeah. friendly. I wonder why Orlando, of all places, that seems like a like an interesting. Yeah, no. Interesting spot. It's like you'd be well, more in Miami or somewhere. Uh, it was, uh, I heard a story where Disney was approaching him a long time ago. I've heard that before too. And Warren Buffett said, stay away from Disney. And that's why he went with Universal. And okay. I guess since they're already in Universal and that's yeah. where the studio was, and they decided to build a new home for it. They just, I guess so. There. It makes sense. Well, you know, my wife was telling me that Disney, uh, once you become an artist, because she was a, a Art, uh, what do you call it? A creative writing, not writing, uh, pencil and ink. 
so she did mostly in college and uh uh she said when you go with disney you give over your rights like everything you create everything goes straight to disney and you don't even yeah. get to take it with you when you leave the portfolio stays with disney so you, you can sign on with disney and get a ton of money but if you ever leave you got to start from scratch basically is what she was saying so it's like a retailer that thinks that they their life has been changed when walmart takes their product in right walmart right. has destroyed a lot of companies that, well small businesses uh, that would create a product uh when walmart would come in and yeah. uh give them this huge order they would lose all their other clients because they had to go with walmart wow. and then um, the next year when it came to reorder suddenly walmart says well we're not gonna pay what we paid before right and they had no other business because they dumped everybody else i've heard some real nightmares dealing with big conglomerates like that yeah it's uh not to get too off uh, subject but amazon is one that frustrates me too is they put everybody out of business but you can't trust them anymore because <laughs> yeah. you don't know what you're getting half the time if i don't order something that's from a name brand i gotta be really careful on amazon you just don't know what you're getting well, the nice thing is uh returning something is the simplest thing in the world well amazon. that's true it's like they, they know make- they're selling junk so they make sure that you uh <laughs> You can return it easily I, enough. Again, not to get too far off subject, but they have those things too where you can buy a box, a big box, and it's their oh, return. You don't know what's in it. You pay like 50 <laughs> bucks and they send you the box. And, I've seen uh, that before. It's like a treasure hunt type thing. I've always <laughs> could, wanted to do that. Could be a bunch of, like those guys who buy the uh, storage units and they break them yeah, up and exactly. <laughs> And some of it's junk, some of it's not, but. Uh, Keep us on subject. We're getting close to 45 minutes. So I want to close with uh, Jimmy's legacy. Where do we think Jimmy Buffett will be in the zeitgeist of uh, popular music? Maybe 20, 30, 40, 50 years. One simple question. What's that? Where's Elvis now? (laughs) It's true. Think about it. Elvis and uh, Michael Jackson sales are still in the millions. Yeah. And uh, I don't. I think uh, Jimmy Buffett um, uh, is just going to get bigger now that he's gone. I hope so. I hope so. And I hope that uh, I hope throughout the years that people move beyond the Margaritaville and the cheeseburger, and they start to see the artist underneath. Yes, he was as much a sideshow salesman as anybody else, and he sold a brand. None of us are paired heads are unaware of that fact. We're not stupid. But at the same time, look at the songs he did, like Pirate Looks at 40, and deeper songs than that. As my cat messes up my thing, trying to give a nice speech over here. I just love animals. Um, Very much so. I love animals more than I like people. Well, true. But, uh, you know, songs like well, uh, West that, Nashville, Green Bowl. What's that? I didn't mean to interrupt, but at the end of my video, the, the dog swimming by. Pulling the sign. Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty funny. Yeah, this cat decided to not only attack the blinds, now she's attacking the thing. She never does this. Oh, you, you're not giving her attention. She knows you're doing something important. I guess I, so, I've man. I've got cats, too. We, we, <laughs> what is it? They, they, um, uh, for all those flat earthers out there that think the earth is flat, if the earth was flat, cats would have pushed everything off by now. That's honest to God's truth. I mean, I mean, we do have maps and we do have spaceships that go out and yeah. map the Earth. I mean, it's 
we're not living in Magellan's time. We're, we're actually yeah. got technology to show the Earth is a ball, a but big round ball, yeah. you know. Theory's the proof. Yeah, exactly. But what I was trying to say was maybe get into the deeper cuts of Jimmy Buffett's music. That's what I hope people eventually realize that once everything kind of moves on beyond all this, that people get into the songs like West Nashville, Grand Ballroom Gown, songs that just, there's a lot more to it than happens. you realize. Just because people are telling their stories. People yeah. that, that would never think that it was worth telling their of the chance encounters or what they heard him do. And, you know, the, it's those, nobody's telling stories about the great time they heard him play Margaritaville. They're, right. they're telling these, these deep stories about the deep cuts of running into him at these places. Yeah. And, uh, or hearing a certain song that you've never heard since. Um, yeah. That, that these, sto- these people are coming out and I'm reading every one of them. And so are the other fans and he's making a lot of new fans. Yeah. I just, I hope that, uh, the problem is a lot of the generation that's really into Jimmy, um, are taking the same route as him. Unfortunately, we're we're dying off or it's a dying generation. So I'm hoping our kids will pass it on and their kids will pass it on. And, you know, I, I think you're always going to hear Margaritaville. I mean, I think a hundred years from now, Margaritaville will still be played somewhere. Um, it may be the only song that remains. Unfortunately, I worry about that sometimes that maybe someday that's the only song we hear by him. So I'm hoping that we don't forget that he did more than that. And there's a lot more out there than just Margaritaville because everybody's tributes when these newscasters are talking like the Margaritaville cheeseburger guy yeah. died. I'm like, God, people, someone finally mentioned come Monday, finally mentioned changes. I was like, thank God. Somebody mentioned those two songs, man. Jason well, Aldean mentioned Havana Daydreaming, so I'm like somebody's getting some stuff out there. So the whole brand with the uh, the restaurants and the uh, the resorts and all that, Margaritaville's all these uh, talking heads on the news are because most of these people that's probably all they know about him too. Yeah, so I'm I'm hoping that uh, as time goes on, he becomes like you know get, people get to know him for. Beyond just that. That's why I started my podcast. That's why it's called. It was initially called Songs You Don't Know by Heart. That's what my podcast was called. And then Jimmy decided to steal my name and use it himself. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to, man, I I was five episodes in too. And I had to scramble. I was like, what am I going to name this podcast now? It's not nearly as good now as it was before. But uh, um, the, the. Well, my my partner with Sandbar Comedy, he, um, uh, Al Ernst. Uh, the comic, he's been doing this longer than me. He also, uh, very spiritual. He's not a Bible thumper, but he's very spiritual. He even went to seminary, but uh, you'd never know it. Talk to him now. But uh, I can, whenever we talk, I can use different different references and with this, and I hope nobody gets offended by this, but um, sometimes uh, when somebody famous dies, that's what uh, just catapults them into the highest next level and i told him it says hey it worked for jesus <laughs> yes that's, i'm sure that's gonna offend somebody but it's true i mean uh, i mean probably not most of my crowd it gets you to the next level <laughs> i mean not not most of my crowd probably not you know i was but... thinking it was safe to say that one but uh, <laughs> you know i didn't really say it totally in jest but it is kind of funny it is but true i mean but it's truth i mean uh, these people are starting to like i said we're, they're they're telling the, the deep stories the real things about the guy and um i feel sorry for the fans to become fans now legitimate fans and find all this stuff and then realize wow 
why didn't I know about them 10 years ago so I could have seen them live? I know, yeah. And I, I feel sorry for them because there's going to be a lot of them. My biggest regret is I had a chance to see him last year in Raleigh with my friends, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't get away. I just, oh, when life is revolving, you, when you were, huh? How many times did you see him? Nine times. Okay, well. I've I didn't make it double digits, though, man. That's making me well, mad. <laughs> I'm not even, this other guy I know um, who's a, a comedian down here, he saw, he had to just postpone his wedding because it was on the same day as his hundredth time seeing him. Oh, wow. And he ended up seeing him 114 times. And wow. And I was like, okay, that's, that's, I mean, there's, crazy. there's some stories about people that used to hitchhike around New England to cross the Midwest to go see him. Yeah. In college days in the seventies and, um, uh, a true deadhead type experience. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm, I've seen him those 15 times or more than I've seen anybody else. Yeah, I think the I've got a couple of bands that I've seen. Yeah, I've seen a couple of bands about three times, but uh, that's about the, as high as it goes. I my biggest regret is that uh, I had a chance because he comes through my area all the time, like he comes through Florida all the time. You know, I guess we both had chances, but yeah. life, man, when life happens and you get a family and you get older, and I don't like getting out of my routine. And my kids go to bed by eight eight thirty. I'm in my comfortable clothes watching oh. TV with these headphones on, half asleep most of the time. He got know. so big. Like I said, uh, we wanted to go see him in Key West. We knew the tickets were there, but by the time we could get to it, they were gone, and uh, secondary sellers were selling them. I mean, it would have cost us $2,000 for the two of us to go get terrible seats. I, I was know. like, no, I mean, I wouldn't do that today. Uh, no, I was I was down there in December, two months before those shows. Um, mm-hmm. I might have been able to fake an address to go to the little other one if I was down. Yeah, I was wondering about it. <laughs> make a, make a true been. Jimmy Buffett moment where he would have done something like that too, I guarantee you, I back in the day. I would have just sat on the curb and listened to it through the walls. That would have been nice. I it down there. Yeah, I mean, we, we walked right by the amphitheater in Key West when we were down oh, this there. Was the, uh, that wasn't where he did the one for the locals. It was actually a small yeah, it was theater. theater. Yeah, it was a little theater. Yeah. But the big amphitheater, we could have sat out in the parking lot or I could have, my wife wouldn't have, but I could have done it and sat out there and just, you know, you know, but. Or there were a lot of people that uh, did uh, the parking lot thing all day that never made it into the show. It's true. Many over the years, there's lots of stories of that happening. Yeah, I was, I was putting a story out there a few days ago. I saw a guy in Knoxville one time. I saw him, uh guy fell right through the shower, through the, through the stall. He was so drunk. I heard a bang and looked over and this guy was through the door. The door is closed through the door onto the floor and just landed, but he was checking on him. I was like, wow. Wasted ticket, man. <laughs> this is back in the early eighties when you just didn't have this kind of stuff. And this is our rich friend who had a portable generator, which nobody had those. So we were sitting there at a place at Chastain park in Atlanta, an outdoor amphitheater that he was yeah. playing and, uh, had a blender. So we were the only person in Atlanta that had an outdoor blender before a Buffett concert. Now it's, you see it everywhere. But yeah. back then we were like the coolest people ever because we had access to a blender and making frozen drinks before a Buffett concert. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy, man. The, the tailgates too. I know when I go to concerts, a lot of times, if it's not, wasn't a Buffett show, I was like, what's going on, man? People don't seem like they're into this as much out here in the parking lot. It's not right, man. Something's wrong. <laughs> well, I, that's the only band I really thought was, was him was, I mean, college football, NFL, yeah tailgating but 
you know, I never heard of anybody tailgating. I think the Chesney crowd is doing it now. I think the No Shoes Nation crowd is doing it yeah, now. So. Well, he, he start, I think he started. I didn't see it before him. I mean, this is yeah, back yeah, in the yeah. 80s. People were doing that. And the way uh, you you dress and for a Buffett concert. and Yeah, I mean, I saw like a station wagon completely decked out in a pirate ship one time when I went to a show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, had the mask and everything on it. I mean, it was, I was like, man, like I wrote an email a few days ago to somebody who got to contacted me. And I was like, you know, that I knew these were my kind of people. The minute I saw that, I was like, this is where I want to be. If you can get this nuts, I want to be in a crowd that can be this nuts. <laughs> oh, how many other concerts would you go to where uh, 25,000 people from uh, people that didn't have a job? Uh, surgeons, brain surgeons, they'd all have that one thing in common. Right. And for two hours. It's crazy, man. It's it's going to be missed. I think it's another problem. That, uh, another reason I think I'm sad is that is I think the guy still had about 10 more years in him. I really do. Maybe not like continuous touring, but maybe one-off touring. And the Stones it, released an album yesterday. I saw that. Or two days years ago. Old. And Willie Nelson, what's he mm-hmm. doing still alive? My dad's going to go see Willie like today or something like that. He got a chance to have a ticket to go see him. And uh, I, I've got nothing against Willie and the Stones. I'm, I've never been fans of either one, but I've got nothing against them. Um, yeah. I don't change the station when they come on, but it's right. not one that I would, you know, exactly. stay and mm-hmm. I would get to a parking lot and keep the car running until the song was over, like I would right. for Buck. But um, I mean, it's just so unfair that. What's that, Willie? Now, 110 or something? I mean, Keith Richards. <laughs> I, think, I think he's in his 90s, very close yeah. to 90. He's sitting on and a I, stool now, Willie Nelson, to play. So, I really thought Buffett was going to be doing that. I, I like I said, if I had about five more years, I could have gotten my kids to a show, at least five, because they, you know, one one's eight, and one's eleven. So about five more years. All I needed was five more years. <laughs> It sucks, man. Yeah. It does. And, you know, like I said, my my heart it goes out to his family, though. The, the people who really loved him, the That's people who really thinking. knew him. I That's attached and close as I felt, and I never... I know. I, was, you know, I, I can't imagine the... Cra- what's that? Orange Beach. We saw him, uh, last time we saw him in Orange Beach, which is uh, where the Floribama is. Right. And uh, we, um, he was closing that tour... His uh, two songs uh, was a uh, big round ball and ten cup, right? And I wanted to hear ten cup because that that whole story behind you know that was written about him falling in love with Key West, right? And that's and uh, it started raining and uh, he ended the show on big round ball and didn't play ten cup. Oh wow! Because he couldn't. It was I mean, there's a monsoon was coming in, right? And uh, I was like, well, it's not like I hadn't heard it a million times, but that's the one he would come out on stage alone to do those two songs. Right. As we're, we're walking through a monsoon, this is just before I had my knees replaced. So I was in mortal pain mm. walking, uh, bone on bone. And we went out the wrong exit. So I had to walk two miles to get to the car and you could see, uh, behind the stage, the place where the band was having their after party or whatever. And I was like, what I wouldn't give just to be a fly <laughs> on the wall. I don't want to partake of anything. I just want to be there. I know. That'd be fun. But, uh, well, we're on about an hour. That's a good uh, a good okay. place to start in it. Today, when I'm done, just hang on. Don't get off until I make sure everything's uploaded. 
Last time we did this, you jumped off a little bit early and I had to come back in for you. So just, I'll oh, let sorry. you know when, uh, when it's fully uploaded. So, uh, anyways, I just want to put that out there. One more plug in. You can plug away if you need to. Okay. The, the, uh, the, uh, sandbarcomedy.com is up. If anybody okay. would like to see, uh, two Jimmy Buffett fans, we don't do Jimmy Buffett jokes, but, uh, we do work clean. Uh, we can work dirty if you want it, but we work clean. And we're also doing that show with Scott Nickerson, the guy who founded the, the Parrothead Club. So right. if anybody is interested in uh, having us come see you, we'll go anywhere. Sandbarcomedy.com or directly sandbarcomedy at gmail.com. Okay, cool. But uh, I'll, uh, check us out. Yeah, send me the uh, the information on there. and I'll put it in the in the show notes we'll so people can have it too. Uh, and, you know, if they want to follow these guys to Bora Bora or Tahiti. Oh, we, 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 we find the time. Would find they'll find the time and make sure that y'all take me with you because I introduced you to. Oh yeah, well you're. I gave you that idea. We're going to have to do a podcast from there. Oh yeah, I'm on board, man. I'm on board. So, anyways, uh, you want to reach out? Songlines and tanlines at gmail dot com. Uh, you know, bubbles up is what I can only say. It seems like the most appropriate words right now for everybody. It's, that's our mantra right now is bubbles up, and. You know, I read that his sister said that Jimmy's last words were have fun. And that's all I want people to do this weekend is to turn on some good Jimmy Buffett and have some fun. This may not post today, but I might go ahead and post it today since I've talked so much about the weekend. So we'll see. <laughs> but anyways, Mark, thanks again for hanging out. And uh, and uh, maybe we'll come back on and do another one a little later on. Yeah, I like see uh, you know, going down to Key West in a week. And just see what's going on, how yeah. this whole city is taking it. Yeah, I'll definitely let you know. Yeah, shoot me you know, a text I'll, and tell me how I'll how it is down there. Oh, you'll see. I'll send some pictures. All right, and Give I think I'm going to open this uh, podcast episode with a couple of new songs from Jimmy on either end. So I'm going to close with a new Jimmy song and open with a new Jimmy song that just dropped. So, uh, anyways, everybody, hang in there, have a good time, and Mark, thanks for stopping by and. We'll chat a little bit more once I get the recordings done. Here, stopping it now.